What's going on, everyone? Hope y'all had a fantastic weekend, especially our neighbors who so celebrate Memorial Day. Welcome to episode 97 of Outside the Shoot. I'm your host, Randy Frame. This week's OTC Player of the Week comes to us from Indiana as Tori Candler takes home the weekly honors. Tori hit 555 with four home runs, 11 RBIs, and four runs scored as her and the Ron Cali Royals went a perfect 3 0 this past week. Awesome job, Tori. Best of luck the rest of the season and then at Center College moving forward. On to this week's guest that we sat down and chatted with Northwestern University alum and current female athlete mentor, mentor Paige Tons. Paige's story is pretty awesome and goes to show you how big the mental side of the game plays in sport. Paige had a, what we could say, mediocre first three years in college, and she's the first to admit that, but that all changed her senior season as she decided to focus on giving it her all, having fun, and whatever happens, happens, and it paid dividends as she hit a fantastic 313. Paige now devotes her time to helping the younger generation with the mental side of the sport. You can take a look at her website at pagetons.com, that's P-A-I-G-E-T-O-N-Z.com, if this is something you feel your daughter could benefit from. We're going to talk to Paige about getting her start in the game, the whole recruiting process she went through it to get to Northwestern, the struggles that she endured early on there, how she got out of them, and of course her mental program she runs today. Paige was an absolute treat to chat with, and I hope any young female that listens to this episode and is having trouble with certain parts of their game from the mental side takes the opportunity to reach out to her. Again, that's at pagetons.com. With that being said, grab that drink, sit back, relax, cause here we go. I got the world in my palm, lights, camera, action, it's on. I can't describe what I'm feeling, ain't never felt this freedom. I got the world in my palm, lights, camera, action, it's on. Ain't never felt this freedom. Could you, could you say that? Here we go. Paige, thanks so much for coming on the podcast. Yeah, absolutely. Thank you so much for having me. I've been excited for it. Awesome. How are things going down in Arizona today? Things are going good. It's heating up over here. It's, <laughs> it's uh, I guess, approaching summer very quickly, like it always does every year. But yeah, it's it's good over here. Right on. It's funny with every guest, it doesn't matter where they are in the world. I like to go on and, you know, check out what the weather is. Compared to, yep. compared to ours here in, in, in Canada. And I looked and it's 102 degrees in Arizona yep. today. And uh, we're, uh, we're definitely <laughs> warming up over here. We're, we're at a, <laughs> we're at 66 here and, and it's awesome. Like we're, we're happy. <laughs> <laughs> no, this is, <clears throat> excuse me. This is like your guys' nice time. We had our nice time for a little while. Now it's yeah. <laughs> our time to, I guess, suffer a little yeah, bit. Now it's getting into uh you know, I don't, I don't know how, like you got, you're pretty much in the hundreds, like from here on out till when? Um, probably till mid October. Wow. wow. But I mean, sometimes, you probably get used to it, eh? Yeah, definitely. <laughs> yeah. I've, I've, I grew up here. I was born and raised here. So mm. I didn't really know anything different. I was like, oh, it gets cold in other places. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, really. True uh, <laughs> but yeah, it's like. 
it's like flip-flopping like everyone else's winter or like you know midwest or like canada's winter like we have to endure the the hot summer to get the really nice like late fall and winter and spring <laughs> yeah and then you guys have to endure the winter in order for these really nice spring yeah. summer true really enough fall. true enough now you, you must be loving this heat being eight months pregnant right? <laughs> yeah i am really really grateful that my due date is early july because whew, it's like i i've been like had a, we've had a couple of hot days and mm. like i cannot imagine being pregnant like through all of summer. Oh, I know. I could. That would be yeah. That yeah. Yeah. My, uh, my wife had our daughter July 4th, like six years ago. So well, oh my we, gosh, it'll be away. seven years ago now. So, I mean, she, she had the first little bit and at least she got to enjoy the rest of the summer here. So. Oh my goodness. <laughs> I'm due July 5th. Oh, nice. Nice. I hope you yeah. go a day early. <laughs> I know. That's so cool. Yeah. So you, you and your husband must be getting pretty excited with the new edition coming. Yeah. Excited, yeah. nervous, all the feels. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah. So do you know what you're having yet or keeping it a surprise? It's a surprise. Ah, proper thing. Mm-hmm. Yes. Yes. Yeah. That's always the best, I think. Yeah. yeah. I, I've always wanted to do it. And everyone I talk to that's done it is like, it's the best thing ever. So mm. I'm, I'm excited about it. I haven't been too anxious about knowing I've had, I've got lots of other things on my mind. Oh yeah. <laughs> yes, for sure. Do you have any, do you have any names picked out? Yeah, we have a couple of names. Yeah. Well, a name for, for each. each one. So yeah, whatever, yeah. whatever happens, I guess. Yeah. I think, see, my wife wanted to know what we were having because <laughs> her thing was the whole, you know, getting the, the room ready and, yeah. and the baby shower. <laughs> <laughs> what people can yeah. you know bring to the baby shower and i was like well i guess i can see your point there but uh yeah i know i'm it. like well my my like thought process was well i'll probably get the things that i actually need at the baby shower yes. rather than yeah. all of the uh the fun like gender type clothes right. um it's really saving me on my credit card let's be honest <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> good point <laughs> good point if it was a girl, I'd probably have spent lots oh, of money yes. already on these adorable little outfits that she'll only use for like a month. Yeah. I'm, <laughs> hey, trust me. I'm sure you're going to anyway. <laughs> exactly. We've just stopped the bleeding a little bit. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Anyway, Paige, we have a little thing uh, we like to start the podcast off with. Uh, I, I call it quick pitches. I'm going to throw out some uh-huh. uh, random questions to you. Okay. And awesome. hey, you answer them as best you can. All right. All right. First one. If you had to live off one meal for a week, what is it? Ooh, one meal for a week. I would probably do. I don't know. I really like Chick Fil A, so that might <laughs> be the the meal of the week. Right on. Right on. I get so many. Like I always ask that question to every guest, and the the range of answers I get is amazing. Like, <laughs> Like I get from like pancakes to bagels to, you know, wow. taco. Well, tacos is my, I love soft tacos. So tacos is a good one too. Yeah. That would probably be up there for me as well. But yeah, I really, Chick-fil-A, I mean, can't nice. go wrong. No, absolutely not. Absolutely <laughs> not. Uh, next one. Uh, biggest thing you miss at Northwestern. Biggest thing I miss, um, just being part of a team, being part of something bigger than yourself, mm-hmm. uh, with, 
competing with those other people next to you, that just like competitive yep. team nature. That's the thing I miss the most. Right on. Uh, most favorite TV show ever. Favorite TV show ever. Oh, another hard one. There's just too many. <laughs> um, favorite TV show ever. I really, really liked Outlander. I don't know. Outlander. It's not like like a super duper popular one but it's it's really good there's lots of books behind them okay i'm gonna have to check that out because i mean yeah actually it's funny i had uh i had uh nicole mendez on here probably about two months ago now and Uh she had mentioned that uh she got into marvelous mrs Maisel. Oh, that one did you watch it i have oh my god i binged it i was like I, f- I fell in love with it. Now I can't wait for, for the last season. I'm like, hurry up. <laughs> oh, yeah. I started watching it and then I got my husband addicted to it. He's like, wow, this was actually really funny. So good. It's so it's good. It's so good. Yeah. Yep. Oh, That's a good one. Yeah, Outlander would... is a little, uh, um, a little like uh, uh, more intense, a little deeper right. than that one. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Well, still, <laughs> is it on Netflix or Amazon Prime? It or? is. I think it's on Netflix and stars okay okay stars i'll check it out i'll check it out yeah (laughs) uh uh, next one if you could go back and play one game over again which one is it oh um i would probably i would like a do-over against stanford i had a really really terrible game (laughs) against stanford at one point like even my coaches joke about it still to this day so that's okay. the one all right we do. uh one thing people would be surprised to know about you um i am well i'm super artistic and i really love ceramics oh wow. so i really i actually recently bought myself a um a throwing wheel a ceramic throwing wheel i haven't done a whole lot with it yet but there's been some detours in life. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, being pregnant, but maybe. <laughs> I am really excited to um, implement more of that in my lo- in my in my life in right. the near future. Right. On. So when you say a throwing wheel, is that like the thing that from the movie Ghost? Where? Yes. Oh, okay. Exactly. Okay. Good. Spot on. <laughs> okay, that's what I had in my head. When <laughs> so I'm glad yes. I I'm glad I got that. So, um, yes. next one here. Uh, most memorable childhood moment. Most memorable childhood moment. Oh man, these are so good. Um, I would say, I mean, I guess if we're gonna stick to some sports related stuff, the first thing that comes up is um, just going and see watching ASU and U of A softball for oh, yeah. like the first time in person, and just being like starstruck and awe and just like this is so cool and i just remember being like that's what i want to do nice. so that was that was a pretty cool memory for right me. on right on two more here uh if you could go one place in the world on vacation where would it be um i would since i mean I've, i'd probably revisit some of the places that i've gone i've gotten to go to some really neat places that's one of the things i love to do is travel but mm-hmm. my next most wanted to go place is Ireland. Ireland, nice, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. Last one here. I think I might know your answer to this. 
<laughs> Who, who's taking this year's women's college world series oh well we gotta go with the cats i mean we're on our way now yeah. i have a really fun filled weekend of uh watch they're playing in ASU. that's right too ASU. so i guess i actually go watch them in person this weekend nice Exciting oh that's great i know i'm actually working on some other tickets for some family members as well um so i'm really really pumped about this weekend and oh, I, I those will be good wait. games too those will be fantastic yeah got you some know. strong offenses for sure so yeah. it'll be interesting well i think you know if, if danielle williams is on our game and and mm-hmm. the cats can put some runs on the board i think uh northwestern might be all right but i mean asu's uh <laughs> they're pretty good as well I know they've been, like I said, like both of them have been hitting. They're like both home run hitting teams. Mm. And and the so, thing is, I mean, when you get those, you know, eight and nine seeds playing each other, I mean, it's almost like you could flip a coin. And I know, I know. Yeah, and I mean the, the way the way this postseason has gone. I mean, look at uh, you know Alabama and and uh, Florida. I mean, mm-hmm. like <laughs> anything can happen. No. So yeah. No. Should be. I'm. So, I'm so jealous. You get to go watch that in person. Like, ah. I was pretty excited because I am kind of like grounded. It's Memorial Day weekend. That's I'm right. Grounded from traveling very far at this point in my in my pregnancy. Yeah. So when I when I saw the brackets come out, I was like, wait a second. I was like, okay, so if Northwestern wins their regional and ASU were to win their regional, which I was actually a little like skeptical about ASU because ASU's regional was really tough. Yes. Um, they had a really, a lot of really great teams in there. I'm like, but if that all works out, then Northwestern's going to come to ASU. Like ASU would host Northwestern at Supers. And then I was like, selfishly, like I kind of hope ASU wins <laughs> so that Northwestern comes here. But then I was like, but it would probably be in Northwestern's best interest if ASU didn't win. And they right. Host- Supers, so it was uh, mixed emotions, but I'm 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 excited to watch them this weekend. Oh no, doubt that's awesome. Yeah. Okay, with uh, every guest on here, we uh, always like to start this off after quick, quick pitches. Um, tell us when and where you got your start in the game page. Yeah, so um, I was probably around seven or eight when I started playing, like you know, the rec league and things like that. Um, and uh, that led to some led to getting into club and travel when I was about ten years old. So, I mean, I guess that's probably a pretty normal age range when mm. a lot of the kids are starting to play club and travel. So I started then, and uh, it was just fell in love with it ever since, and um, played all the way up till I was eighteen years old, and um, went into that really super fun recruiting journey <laughs> with all the all the ups and downs and things like that um and then uh was really lucky and blessed and got to go play at northwestern like we were talking about yeah. so 10 to 10 to 22 years old <laughs> hey hey that's a that's good you know good tw- solid 12 years of uh yeah you know <laughs> playing a game that you know and at a big stage that a lot of people don't get the opportunity to do so i mean uh yeah now you mentioned the love for it like did you have the love for it right away or did it like was that something that progressed over time like more and more um so i i played other sports as well i played volleyball and basketball i think i even played like roller hockey at some point so no i tried way. did you 
Yeah. What? In Arizona. Come on. Arizona ice hockey. I mean, like, there is ice hockey here. Oh, I know. It's obviously not as popular as where you're at. Uh, <laughs> but yeah, we played, my brothers played roller hockey. Both of my brothers played roller hockey. So I played like one season. Um, and it was fun. I think, I think it was just fun for a season for me. But um, uh, yeah, so I played some other sports. Really liked volleyball, but softball, I, I think I just gravitated towards. And um, maybe it's because it was such a challenge and a struggle or not a struggle. Like ahead of myself. It's oh, like softball is one of the more challenging sports. Right. So maybe that's why I uh, gravitated towards it. And then I think back about it now. I'm like, wait, I picked the sport that you fail at the most. What was I thinking? Like. <laughs> What was the thought process there? Like, um, because I, I just remember also playing, I played high, uh, volleyball all through high school up until my senior year. And, um, I always just remember volleyball just feeling so much like less pressure, but there was probably had a lot to do with like softball was my future. It was my next step. It was what was going to get me a scholarship and all those things. Yeah. So, Yeah. <laughs> So like, so where did, uh, your travel ball in high school, where, uh, who did you play with and, and what high school was it? Mm-hmm. Um, so I played it for, at Centennial High School. It's in Peoria, Arizona. That's where, um, I grew up mostly from mm-hmm. when I was about in second grade and that I was actually born in Tucson. So that's why the U of A ASU game, I was actually a U of A fan growing up. Ah grandfather played football at U of A. My, so my dad was a U of A fan. Um, we're still like U of A basketball fans, but you know, I'm a, I'm a Northwestern fan, obviously. <laughs> yes, of course. <laughs> <laughs> the, the other wildcats. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. I, I still, I still got to be a wildcat, just different just, colors. Yeah. Different colors, different, different type of school and everything. <laughs> uh, so yeah. So I went to school, played at Centennial and went, uh, high school in Peoria, Arizona. And I actually moved back to Peoria and I live in Peoria to this day, which I never thought was going to happen. Um, but, uh, here I am full circle Mm -hmm. and and I played club ball for mostly Arizona storm. Okay. Uh, So the storm organization, I played a little bit of hot shots towards the end, but, uh, mostly I was playing for storm from when I was like 11 to, 17 or something like that right on now did you have any uh was there any specific coaches or role models that you know helped you growing up um yeah i mean i think my my story is a little interesting i think i mean i think all of my coaches had a part in molding me and helping me get to where i am i also think my coaches were sometimes really tough on me and I think that was a good thing but also was like something that I look back at and just kind of wonder like what could have happened if they coached me a little bit differently or had a different approach mm-hmm. um because that's kind of part of my my story and I something I struggled with I feel like as an athlete growing up was the mental part of the game. Mm-hmm. And I would, I mean, I think I would have been hard on myself no matter what, but I was really hard on myself already. And then, you know, put that, some coaches like mm-hmm. putting 
top of that. Um, and maybe just not understanding like, how do I describe it? How to really like pull out the best in me and pull out potential. I think that there's definitely some things like I see now looking back at it that could have been different. Um, well, I mean, they do say hindsight's 2020, right? (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. And you know, it's not something that we really talked about, you know, Mm. And when I was playing at that age was the mental part of the game. What do you think? Like, what are your thoughts? What are you thinking about? Like, we didn't have anyone that was talking about like how to actually be confident. They were just like, just go out there and do it. Like, you're like, okay. (laughs) I was just super, I just always remember being very afraid to make a mistake, very afraid to fail and disappoint my coaches or my dad or um, just myself in general. So I I had a lot, like my coaches were so good at getting me fundamentally sound. Like I was solid yeah, yeah. <laughs> with the fundamentals and the skills and like those kinds of things physically, mm-hmm. but mentally was a whole nother story. I feel like. Gotcha. Gotcha. Now I, I know you help a lot of girls out in the recruiting process now, but I mean, tell us about yours. Now, I think I, I read a post the other day that it wasn't exactly the best time for you. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It was definitely a stressful time. I mean, I was actually just talking to somebody and like the beginning was exciting and fun because you're like, oh my gosh, so many opportunities. And then it starts to get into like the nitty gritty. Yeah. <laughs> and like, this is like everything. Like when I went to that ASU U of A um, softball game, you know, that was when I was like, I want to go do what those girls are doing. Like, I want to play division one softball on the big stage, like for a competitive team. I wanted to play for U of A originally. Mm-hmm. Um, and, uh, so it's like, you have all these big goals, these expectations of yourself and to not, and you're just like going into the unknown Yeah, yeah. <laughs> life in general. Right. Like, yeah, exactly constantly unknowns but for a while it was like I always knew what my next phase was I always knew what my next step was whether it was you know going from grade school to high school and making varsity and then um you just like constantly knew what your next step was until college (laughs) (laughs) yeah (laughs) uh, okay well I hope somebody like you know likes me and gives me a scholarship and (laughs) hope I perform. And so some like with the mental side of the game, I just feel like I really didn't showcase my full potential because I just put so much pressure on myself all the time. Right. Um, so I don't think that the coaches were really saw what I was fully capable of, which I mean, it's kind of true. I mean, it carried that those mental blocks with me for quite a a while in college too. Mm. Um, not, I mean, I still this above average player. Like I'm still doing really well. Of course, that's like me being hard on myself to this day. But um, but uh, yeah, there was just a lot of ups and downs, and it's like you start to see other girls getting or like committing or verbaling and knowing where they're going, and I'm over here, like, oh my gosh, 
no, like I don't have any place to go yet. Nobody has asked me, no, like I haven't gone on any visits and like the panic Mm. starts to sink in. And then, um, you're thinking like, I mean, I wanted to play division one softball. That was like, I was headstrong and being and doing that. And I'm like thinking, well, what if I have to stay here and play community college? Like it's the worst thing ever, which is not (laughs) now that I know so much more and I'm like more more mature and have more experience under my belt. I'm like community college would have been like a great option. First of all, it saves you like a ton of money if you don't have that full scholarship. Things like that and can develop you and allow you to go somewhere where you really want to go or whatever. Like it's just, anyway, sad's a total side note, but (laughs) (laughs) over here, like, Oh my gosh, I'm going to have to stay home. Like, I just kind of felt like I was going to be letting myself down and not fulfilling my, my dreams and my goals. And like my, my, I mean, my dad too, I feel like I was living up to my dad's expectations as well. And, um, yeah. So with all that, that panic starts to set in and I didn't get recruited until, well, I didn't go on an official visit until my fall season of my senior year. And then I actually just, um, I didn't feel like it was my place. And I went to a visit on this to the university of South Carolina, this amazing school, big school, SEC. I mean, yeah. like <laughs> <laughs> but I, in my like gut, I just did not feel like that was where I was supposed to go. It was the strangest thing. Um, and then, uh, I didn't get a, uh, call or interest until my senior, my spring season of my senior year, because Northwestern had injury and needed a catcher at my year. Oh, wow. She, Kate Drohan came out to my high school softball game my senior year and came to watch me play. And of course, you know, no rain in Arizona. We don't get a lot. But of course that day it got rained. Our game got rained out. Oh my jumpings. Wow. (laughs) So that was also a little nerve wracking, but we had like this makeshift practice and I had dinner. We had dinner with Kate and she, um, she asked me to come on a, a visit and, the rest was history. <laughs> so you, when you got there, you, you, when you went on your visit, you knew. Yeah. I, I just felt, I, I felt like I belonged there. I loved the culture that they had there. I loved the way that they ran their team and their, um, I got to watch them practice and, um, I just felt like, I just felt like that's where I was supposed to be. Mm-hmm. Um, it's funny how many, it's funny how many, like how many of the like girls I talked to on here that, you know, they've went on, you know, four, three, four different visits, but there's a, they get to that one school and they know, and Mm -hmm. it's just, uh, they say it's like, you get this feeling all over you that you're like, well, this is it. You know, you knew it was it. Yeah. 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 It's a really, yeah, it's definitely an interesting thing. Cause like, I think back about it now and like, I was, you know, feeling, feeling a little desperate for somebody to want me. (laughs) (laughs) When South Carolina had that offered me like that official visit and I'm like, I could have easily just been like, yep, taking the first thing that, you know, crossed Mm -hmm. my path, especially at a, this, you know, enormous SEC school. But, you know, at that time, the uh, University of South Carolina was like, I mean, they were, 
they were not winning any games. <laughs> I'll just put right. it that way. Yeah. And uh, they 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 really picked up their program since since I went on their visit. Um, but uh, I just wanted some. I guess I just didn't see see myself fitting in there. Yeah. Well, hey, if you if you're not going to fit in, what's the sense of going? So what what, uh, what do you remember most about arriving freshman year? Sorry, what was that? What do you remember most about arriving your, your freshman year at Northwestern? Oh, I remember I remember being at the airport, going to move in and being so nervous. It was like, this is like your whole life changing, mm. like the, the biggest change that I've probably experienced in my life moving away something totally different but i was also excited so that's something i definitely will never forget i like almost like sick nervous it was uh it was pretty crazy feeling um but i do remember just uh it was like going at a million miles an hour it was like you know, we ball, ball practice, moving in like freshman initial, like, um, not initiation, but like, uh, orientation stuff. And just like, I just remember being like, I could really use a nap. (laughs) (laughs) It was like so much stuff hitting you at first, but it was, it was exciting and, and, uh, an adjustment for sure. It's like, Ooh, this is so much to, to uh soak in right away what was the biggest adjustment probably like living on your own or yeah i think just living on my own living on our own and um just i think just having like the workload getting comfortable like starting classes and it's just like it's just totally different Hmm. completely different from high school and uh also like you know being a late recruit like i really wanted to um i you know, i had no idea like where i would you know fall into the team and with the other girls and what like what kind of playing time i would possibly have so i you know i was making that i was going to work my tail off um and show them that i was they made the right choice right. <laughs> was meant to be there so yeah. i think that was the biggest things now is this a like is this one i i don't know is this an aspect of that you focus on when you're talking to young girls you know that are in the recru- recruitment process for you know for what you do yeah so um the, th- the what i focus on with the girls is more on the mental part of right. the recruiting so something that and we haven't gone super deep with the recruiting process, but like, for example, I have a, I have a girl that's in the middle of the recruiting process and like, she, like we, she shows, she's been through my program and now she's in my membership. So she, we just can like, she's just doing work consistently on her mindset, showing up and, um, just like, just like practice, like we're saying with it. And one of the things that comes up often for her is like, you know, like I keep writing these or, you know, sending emails to these coaches or, and I don't hear back. And it's like, I don't like, it's disappointing. Like, I don't know if like, you know, they will like me or they don't like me. And, um, so one of the things that we work on a lot is just going back to, you know, what are your truths and, 
your opinions about yourself. And like the only thing that you can control is what you can control. You can't control how these coaches respond or how they, you know, how they recruit or anything. Like you just have to keep focusing on the things that you can control and just show up and be the best version of yourself and showcase the best version of yourself. So that's something that we really gravitate and just like working on the, any like limiting thoughts or beliefs about themselves in that process and being like, those are just thoughts. Mm-hmm. They're like, it's like your thoughts are like trying to trick you into thinking it's true, but they're really just these lies that, and if we keep on, you know, focusing on them, then we will believe them, but really sh- shifting our focuses and shifting their thoughts so that, um, they can be confident through this process. That's the main, the main goal. Right on, right on. That's good. <laughs> really good advice, actually. No, <sighs> we'll, uh, obviously we'll, we'll dive into more of your, your mindset mentor program here after we get through, let's get through Northwestern. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> right. Yeah. So, uh, uh, now one thing I always like to ask my guests, uh, that have played NCAA, um, mm-hmm. do you remember your first ever game? Yes. Mm-hmm. <laughs> we played Oklahoma. So yeah, that's a tough, that's a tough draw. Your first game ever. Huh? <laughs> Hard to forget. <laughs> yeah. I, well, it's actually really cool too, because we, uh, Northwestern, um, for a while, they haven't in the last couple, like two or three years, they all, always played in the, um, the ASU tournament to start their season. So that was a really really amazing like cool thing for me because I was going back home and playing in friends and family and getting to see everyone but so I'll never forget that but also never forget Oklahoma was our first game I also was a freshman I mean I was doing well I you know kind of had an idea of where I um I matched up to the other catchers on the team and everything but I had no idea if I was going to start, if what was going to happen. Um, and I ended up getting the starting position in that first game as catcher and being in the line, the hitting lineup and everything. So that was like a really, really special, surreal, cool <laughs> moment for me. Um, and actually I'll, I'll never forget my pitcher. She was a senior. I was a freshman. She, I guess I think my like parents were like walking into the, the, um, complex or, and she's like, saw my dad or something. And she like, like went over there and she's like, she's starting. (laughs) (laughs) She like told them that I was starting. So I know that they were, I don't, I mean, I didn't know that happened until later, but uh, that was probably really exciting for my parents and they were really happy for me, but, um, but yeah, so I remember getting this, my freshman catching start against uh, Oklahoma and had my first at bat against Kaylani Ricketts. So sweet. Yeah. That's, <laughs> that's like stepping in the box with, against Ricketts and being like, oh, yeah. welcome to the <laughs> NCAA. <laughs> right. Hey, I didn't strike out. So I'm pretty, you know, I'm pretty happy about that. There you go. Hey, <laughs> take it with you. Take it when you can, right? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So that was my, my first game. Right on. Now, uh, I usually like to ask what was the main thing that you took with you at a freshman season? You know, that's what I usually ask all my guests that, that have played NCAA, but I mean, you've made it well aware with your mentor program and other podcasts that you've been on that you you struggled those first three seasons of your college career. (laughs) 
So I yes. guess I guess I'll throw a, a two part question to you. Um, why was it you struggled, and what was it that clicked for you in, in your senior year? Mm-hmm. So I I think that I was basing a lot of my confidence. And, uh, a lot of my confidence was coming from my past results. Um, and I was just allowing one bad at bat to the next at bat at bat to the next one, to the next one, or like, you know, getting out whatever it was, maybe it wasn't even a bad at bat, but I just kept on, uh, relying on that to create my confidence for my next step at, which was obviously just straight up setting me up for failure. (laughs) (laughs) So, um, a lot of that was happening. And then after, you know, a little while, I was like, you know, can I even do this? I don't really believe in myself. Um, it just felt hard. Just felt really, really hard. Um, like what, you know, why can't I get a hit? Why can't I be a good hitter? Um, and so like a lot of the doubt and fear just like filled my mind. Um, so I think that was what I struggled with the most. Um, I mean, starting, even starting from my freshman year, catching was no big deal. It was like catching always came really naturally and easy for me. It was the, all the hitting. Yeah. (laughs) Um, so, and then of course, you know, when you're not hitting, you're not going to that you're going to get pulled out of the lineup because someone's got to do the job. <laughs> and I like, I would be probably, I was probably so mad and frustrated with my coaches in the moment, but it wasn't their fault. Mm. <laughs> I wasn't performing. And, but that really gets in your head when you're, you're going up to bat and you're like, well, if I don't get a hit, then I'm going to get pulled. So that was one of the thoughts that crossed my mind often, which again, just setting, just getting in my own way. Mm-hmm. Um, and, uh, not really knowing how else to fix that other than to just go get more reps in the cage and work on my swing and that kind of like the physical aspect, which I mean, I'm sure helped a little bit, but, uh, going into my senior year, the, the big difference for me was like, you know, I'm really sick and tired of being frustrated with myself. Like I was so done being mad at myself and like angry and well sad too. It was like just lots of tears. And, um, I just remember being like, well, this is my last year. Like I'm just going to go have fun, do my best, which was already doing. (laughs) (laughs) And, uh, like whatever happens, happens. Like if I hit, I hit, if I don't, I don't like, I'm, I'm just going to focus on just like enjoying this last year and, you know, being a leader as, as much as I can as a catcher and, and a senior on this team. And so I think just like that mentality of finally just like letting it go and stop trying to like control myself, like as a, as a hitter, all of a sudden I started getting hits (laughs) (laughs) and I just simplified things, made it easy and I'm, I doubled my batting average my last year and tripled the amount of at-bats I got because I was actually hitting the ball <laughs> and uh, had some home runs in there, had a grand slam in the Big Ten tournament. And I was just like, at the end, I was like, what the heck? I was like, this is like, it was almost frustrating. <laughs> was like, <laughs> yeah, yeah, no doubt. 
like why couldn't they do this earlier this is like this is ridiculous um i'm like i wish i would have figured this out earlier but i'm glad it happened because i felt like i got to leave on such a high note i also was like man can i get another year of playing is that possible (laughs) (laughs) i highly considered then playing um professional or even like trying out for the bandits at what was at that point i don't even know are those teams still i know it's um the the mpf you mean yeah is the mpf even no anymore not now now it's just uh there's just au athletes unlimited and there's a new uh women's pro league that's starting up i knew the au no yeah yeah it's like Shifting and changing, but I don't know if the NPF was even still going. I was like, I don't think they are. But yeah, at the time, I was like, maybe I'll try out. And it just never happened. Mm. Um, but I finally believed that I could do something like that, yeah. <laughs> which was cool. That's, well, I mean, uh, so did that, like after that season, senior season, did that pretty much, you know, put the wheels in motion for, you know, what you're doing now with the as girl athlete mindset mentor? Like, is that... Uh, yeah, there was a little bit of a gap. So I uh, I actually worked um, in the athletic department. Uh, I got a temporary position doing community relations. That was another thing that I really liked doing while I was a student athlete was uh, getting to go hang out with those kids that looked up to you and um, giving back to the community and things like that. Uh, so I got a temporary position doing that because some the woman who was working there doing that i was on maternity leave full circle right now (laughs) (laughs) and so i got to um i got to stay and hang out and be a part like that was also a little bit difficult too though because i was like i just graduated and i'm seeing this you know some of my friends continue to play that are still there and um and it started to like like man i really miss like i already missed it um but then once that position came to an end i didn't i didn't have a job anymore and it was really cold and (laughs) it was like i think it's time to maybe go home like to move home and figure out what i what my next step is so moved home and Um, I actually ended up getting into, well, I actually started doing CrossFit, which led me to some real estate opportunities, getting into real estate, um, a little bit, well, a little bit, I learned, I did real estate for about three years and, um, more on the investment side of things and got to learn a ton. I actually ended up getting my real estate license. Oh, wow. Uh, yeah, so I did real estate for about three, three-ish years after I had graduated, which real estate led me to the entrepreneurial world, mm-hmm. um, and which a lot of the entrepreneurial world is very connected to self-development. So I really started getting and listening to like self-development podcasts and books and all of these things and was like, just really fell in love with all of that like, work, like working on myself because I was also in a really interesting space right after college. I was like, I call it like that limbo phase where you're like, I don't know what to do. I don't know where I belong. 
<laughs> I was I've been there too. I know what you mean. <laughs> Not sure what the heck like my life's purpose is at this point. Mm. Um so that was a little that was hard for sure that that time of not really knowing what my what I wanted to do, what I was passionate about. I thought it was real estate, but um then I started to get into that self-development and I was like, man, I love this stuff. Like this is like what fills my cup. I like it was just exciting and I also like started to learn like, oh wow, you can literally do anything that you want to and make a living out off of it through online business. <laughs> like I did not know that it was an option or an opportunity. I started seeing, you know, women in business. I even remember following very closely the package deal with Jen Tro and Katie and Amanda and <clears throat> what Morgan were doing. And I really looked up to them and, uh, I was like, dang, there's just so much opportunity that I that I didn't realize when I had graduated and mm -hmm. or, um, so I started to think about like what my, what I was passionate about, like what my gifts were, my experiences. And it kind of just like finally hit me. It was like, Oh my gosh. Like, I feel like I have made such strides and like who I am and my confidence and, uh, in that senior year, like what the, what the shifts were there, even though I didn't really know that that mindset shift was happening. Right. At the, um, but I just looked back at all of that. I was like, I need to start sharing that and helping other, I want to help other girl athletes know what's possible. Mm -hmm. Um, so that was, uh, the start of what I was doing. I sort of started sharing my story. I started talking to, um, teams, local teams at practices, sharing my experiences and how like the mental side of the game and it's like self-development. I mean, I don't really talk about it being self-development in the softball space. It's more of like the mindset work. Right. Um, that kind of clicks a little bit better for them. <laughs> as you know, 12, 13, 14 year olds. Yeah. Um, and I just started talking about it more and more. And then like lots of parents and girls were like, Oh my gosh, I feel this, that like, that's my daughter. Or I feel exactly how you do or how you did when you were playing. And I, I started taking on some one-on-one -on -one girls and private doing some private coaching with them. I actually at first was like, this isn't going to work. I've got to do like hitting lesson and a mental like portion combined. And I was offering that and nobody wanted the hitting lesson. They just wanted to work on the mental side. So I was like, wow. oh, I didn't even want to do the hitting lessons really. I just really wanted to do the mental side. So, um, I started working with girls one-on-one -on -one and then I kept getting more and more girls. And then I turned it into the, the very first group program that I had, um, working with a group of girls. And then that led to like expanding it to other States. So then I went online mostly, um, and just like continued to grow and eventually didn't really want to be in real estate anymore. It's <laughs> 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 like, this isn't what I'm passionate about. This is what I love. Yeah. Um, and, uh, it was a very, very scary, hard, uh, leap. Um, but I was able to end up uh, moving from my like nine to five real estate position into doing 
work with the girls on the mental side of the game. And that was a really, again, very scary, but best thing ever. That's awesome. <laughs> Been going ever since. Right on. Now, do yeah. is it all sports or, or just softball? So I started out with just softball. Um, and then I kept having other athletes and sports come to me wanting help. So now it's all sports. Excellent. (laughs) I work with girls from all different kinds of sports. Like I even have a girl right now who does rodeo, she barrels and uh, does poles. I have had uh, beach volleyball. Um, I've had, I even have a a girl who does cattle judging. Um, She also plays softball as well, but What's, um, what's cattle judging? First of all, <laughs> <laughs> uh, to be honest, I don't totally like fully know oh, okay. <laughs> what implement, but she's got to like get up and speak, um, in front of judges and things like that for like, oh. for cows, cattle, <laughs> like <laughs> to like show off their cattle. Um, okay. Really, really interesting stuff. Uh, <laughs> and what are some other interesting sports? I've had gymnasts. Um, so I just mean, a full soft- range, a full range, really. Yeah. So I've got, I've had lots of different athletes. I do have a lot of softball girls, I think, just right. because my story and my experience and things like that. So what's, what are some of the main things you focus on in your program? So the main things we focus on are, like the, the fundamental like mental training skills like breathing visualizing a lot of self-talk work it's like a lot of thoughts a lot of beliefs um and how to shift your thinking and shift that um and routines is a big thing as well like how like creating a pregame routine or what you're doing before like a pre-performance, like pre-hitting routine, um, that kind of work. And like all those pieces kind of mesh together mm. to, uh, I, I always tell them that everyone was telling me to be confident or to believe in myself. Even when I had like struck out like three times before that. And I was like, there's no, like, I don't believe in myself. Like <laughs> <laughs> I want to, but I don't. Um, and I'm like, I always want to give you guys the how, like, how do you actually create confidence? How do you actually believe in yourself? How do you actually do those things so that you can, and that they can walk away from any of my programs with tools and things that they can actually use and put into place rather than just like relying on me or, another coach or their results to, to um, make them feel confident. Right. Right. Now it's, it's funny how much the mental aspect gets overlooked. I find like, I shouldn't say, well, I shouldn't say nowadays, like back, you know, I mean, back when I played, like I played hockey at, you know, a pretty high level back in my teens and stuff. And, and I mean, the mental aspect part of it was never there, but I mean, Mm -hmm. I can remember, I can remember one of my coaches coming in right before I got into junior, I got this new coach and, and he implemented the visual visualization with us. And everybody was like, what is this? Like, what are you, what are you trying to do here? And I mean, he, he more or less laid it down, you know, like before we go out for a game, you know, before you go for warm up, visualize what you're going to do on the ice and, and all that. And mm-hmm. I couldn't get over like, you know, some of the, 
<laughs> improvements that we got from that. And that was, that would have been back in the mid nineties. So, I mean, mm-hmm. it, it's funny how it's now evolved. Mm-hmm. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. Cause I'm like, no, I don't even, I mean, I, I guess maybe I wasn't searching for it or looking for it then. So maybe that didn't help, but mm. like when I was playing, even when from, I was like, you know, 13 to 18. Um, but when I, but I don't really feel like there, again, things have changed so much too. Like there's so much more, you know, on social media, there's so many, I feel like there's definitely a lot more resources yeah. available at your fingertips. Um, but I also in college, like I saw a sports psychologist, I saw the sports psychologist at Northwestern a handful of times and I was actually just having a conversation with somebody and I was like, I should have been seeing that sports psychologist every single week. Like I just went when things were felt crappy, right? but we're like, well, felt really crappy. (laughs) (laughs) And, uh, I just did it when I was, I was like being reactive when I should have been being proactive and working through and like developing those skills and that consistency every single week. Like I had it available to me. (laughs) (laughs) I am like, I wish that, but it, it, it's, I feel like at that point it still was like, Oh, there's, if you're going to the sports psychologist, there's something wrong with you or like you're struggling it's not like uh, something. It's not like going to practice, right? They said that's what my my thoughts were around it at that point. Mm. But I'm like, dang! Like I should have been going once a week or even every other week would have been <laughs> beneficial um, because it's the cons- it's like consistent work. I mean, I have to work on my mindset all the time yeah. as an adult business owner like i have I, i'm constantly running into new challenges negative thoughts uh limiting beliefs that i have to work through um that like i, I feel like every human is working through mm-hmm. but don't know or don't acknowledge them or just like continue to believe them then that's just what your belief system is right so, yeah absolutely real deep but (laughs) oh yeah yeah no i know what you're saying no one aspect that i like is with your program is you have a workshop with with parents correct yeah i do um i do quite a few parent workshops yeah that's see that's that's a great thing to have because i mean i listened to i forget what podcast that you did but you were talking about uh the car rides that you know yeah and Mm -hmm. and that part that you cover because I feel like that's something that parents don't really think can affect an athlete. And, you know, I can remember talks with my father in the car, like after hockey or ball games. And I mean, mm-hmm. my dad wasn't like, he'd always ask me, you know, like, what do you think you did here? Like he was never like, you know, negative towards me or anything. But then again, I had friends of mine that, you know, their parents would be in the car and just saying, why didn't you do this? Why didn't you do that? You know what I mean? So, I mean, the fact that you cover that, I mean, that's, that's big for the athletes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Because I, I mean, I was at, again, having a conversation with somebody and like the conversations between the parent and the athlete are so important. And like parents language is so important. 
even for themselves, like how they handle, um, failure, how they handle stress, how they, I'm like, they're watching and observing and soaking up. Like we all are, uh, we are all, what's the word I'm looking for? Pieces of our parents. Oh yeah, exactly. You know, our behaviors and our thoughts and our words come from our parents because we're around them the most. Um, and I'm like, they might, you might not think that they're listening to you, but they are. Yeah. Um, <laughs> they're not listening to you when you want them to listen to, but. <laughs> that was <just> so true. <laughs> just, hey, you're going to find that out very soon. Yeah, I know. I'm like, <laughs> trust me. I'm like, all of this stuff I'm saying, I'm going to be like kicking myself in the butt later. <laughs> being like, this is really hard. <laughs> <laughs> um, but they've just getting to work with the parents and, and being, doing what I do. I feel like it's been so, I'm like, I feel way more ready than I ever did like four or five years ago. Yeah. That's for sure. Yeah. They teach me things all the time. Um, so, but yeah, those like just the importance of those, like what they're saying, how they're approaching those conversations. And, and again, like there's always times to like, be hard on ourselves to be hard on your, your kids and there, but there's also the times that you just kind of like pump the brakes and mm-hmm. take a step back and just acknowledge like where, where they're at. Or and one of the things that I was talking about is like just meeting them where they're feeling in the moment. Cause like, if they're feeling frustrated and sad, like let them be frustrated and sad. You don't like, don't try to fix it right away. Right. Um, allowing them to just learn, learn from those experiences and just remind them like, it's okay to feel like that. Like we all feel like that when we mess up, when we fail, when we don't feel like we're meeting our expectations, but there's always like, there's always growth that comes after it. Um, but yeah, so that I just feel like that's so important and commit, just make that relationship so much better. They have so much better memories too through that. Like, cause playing sports is supposed to be fun. Absolutely, we definitely lose sight of that often when we get so competitive. Because um, trust me, I'm like one of the most competitive people ever. <laughs> like, uh, I was like mad at my husband because we lost in pickleball <laughs> months and months ago. You sound like my wife. Uh, like my wife is crazy competitive too. I, I should, yeah. I, I should say I am too, but you know, not. <laughs> Not to that level, I don't think. Right? Like, I'm so competitive. So I'm like, don't think that I'm like just only all soft and sunshine and rainbows over here. Like, I want you, like, your daughter to succeed. I want her to have, like, I want her to crush it out on the field or the court or wherever. Yep. But there's also so much room. Like, we have to learn how to, like, balance. I actually have this. Um, this really great quote. I had a guest um, speaker in my program, Bella Norton. I don't know if you um, have heard of Bella Norton. She's from Indiana, okay. played softball. And uh, oh, it's so good. Um, where is it? Oh, so one of the things that she shared, and I, don't, I can't remember if she got this from a coach or someone, but I think it was maybe her coach. She said, we're allowed to have the highest of standards, but you also must have the deepest of grace. Oh, wow. Dang. That's Mm. really good. (laughs) Really good. Yes. 
because as athletes and even as parents of athletes, you just have such high expectations, such high standards, but you also have to have such big grace for yourself yeah. because it's going to be a lot of challenges and obstacles that get in our way. <laughs> Absolutely. That's so true. It 100% is. Now, Paige, before we get in, into the, uh, the final segment of the podcast, tell our, uh, tell our listeners how people can find you, contact you, follow you, you know, all that good stuff. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so I'm pretty very active on, um, Instagram. So you can always find me and follow me. I'm always sharing everything that I'm doing and what I'm working on on there. And that's at, at page tons. Um, and lucky for everybody, my last name is very unique. So it's super easy to find me. <laughs> if you just search page tons usually comes up, I'm pretty sure. Um, and then, uh, my website to page I have so many different resources, free paid for whatever you're looking for to try out and get into like self-talk practice. I have a free, um, self-talk practice training. And then like, I also have like a, um, like a, it's called game ready confidence. And it's for pregame, like a mindset routine. Um, and then of course, like my programs and my weekly lessons are on there as on, on the website as well. So I won't be launching my program until September because I yeah, kind of other things to do <laughs> July 5th. Um, so we're taking a little bit of a, a little bit of a break in between. I'm, I have a group that's finishing up the, um, this month and then we're taking just a little bit of a break and then we'll start back up in, uh, like later September officially start in October. So, um, I'm excited for that, but just doing a little break, but there are definitely most definitely opportunities to work on your mindset in between that time. Right on. <laughs> I've created lots of things while I'm away so that these girls can keep having a space to work on their mindset and grow and get better and really just step into being the best versions of themselves and as athletes as well. Perfect. That's awesome. Yeah. Now let's get into the final segment. Uh, I call it player association. I'm going to throw mm -hmm. some uh, names to you and okay. you know, you can, if you have a story, let her fly, you know, or, or, okay. you know, just talk about them and, or anything like that. So, uh, First thing on first uh, person on is uh, Andrea Filler. Andrea Filler. Oh my gosh, I was like starting to feel a little nervous. I'm like, who's he gonna like talk? To? <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, hopefully, I know these people. I do my research. <laughs> I love it, Andrea Filler. Oh my gosh. So the, I mean, the one thing that I always remember about Andrea is she's it was a transfer. So and we, I think she was like our, the only transfer I ever knew <laughs> through our program. Um, and she, she just clicked with us right away. And, uh, it was really cool. She, well, she had a great year. She was a junior when I was a senior we had a really great year, my senior year, but she, I feel like she really stepped into her potential even more the following year as well as I watched her, um, play the, after I had graduated. So that's, one of the things that I will always remember about filler. Right on. Uh, next is uh, Marissa Bast. Oh, Marissa Bast, my best friend. <laughs> <laughs> she actually texted me today. It was like, oh wow, sent me a picture of my 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 pregnancy uh, um, 
progress. And she was like, oh my gosh, I'm obsessed with you. <laughs> um, yeah, Marissa is my, my best friend. Um, man. So something that I, that I think about Marissa all the time outside of our, you know, social best friend life. Um, she just went to my wedding. I'm about to go to her wedding in October. So lots of fun things in our lives, but, uh, I'll never like something I always bring up as an, I bring her up as an example to my girls. And I'm like, I had, there's, I had this teammate. Her name is Marissa. She was really, really good. (laughs) She like, was a way better hitter than me. And I wish that I would have just asked her, Hey, what do you think about when you're up to bat? I'm like, she, she was such a supportive teammate was like always there for me. Like, and then, but I like deep down inside, I was like, kind of like annoyed. I was like, but you don't get it. Like, you don't understand what it feels like to not be as good as you. <laughs> and like, I wish that I would have just like picked her brain more about like, what, what are you thinking about? Like, like what goes through your head when you're up to bat? Because I need to start putting that in my head. We, we always, we could have asked things, you know, now that we're older and more mature, but I'm like, you guys, when you see someone doing well, ask them what they're thinking about. Like, what are they doing to be successful? So that's just something that's kind of a fun little, I use her as an example all the time. Right on, right on. Uh, two more here. Next is uh, Sammy Albanese. Sammy Albanese. And she was also in my wedding. <laughs> wow. My, yeah. my research is so good. <laughs> um, Sammy, one of my, well, uh, my favorite memories, she was a pitcher. I was a catcher. I remember she was like struggling in the circle a little bit. And I went, I called time out. I went up to her and I said some like stupid joke. It probably wasn't even that funny, but like, I knew that's like what she needed. <laughs> she was like laughing and she's like, that was so helpful because I, she just gets, she's like super intense and gets like in her, she was kind of similar like to me she would like get in her own way. Um, so I'll never forget that. I'll also never forget when I called time out and she actually pushed me away at one point. What? <laughs> yeah. We joke about it all the time now, but she literally was like, pushed me. And I was like, whoa. I was like, okay, I guess you don't want me over here. Oh my and God. She was like, I don't know what happened. You were just too close to me. And I <laughs> freaked out. <laughs> so- that's a fun story. Oh, that's great. That's great. Uh, mm-hmm. Last is uh, Brianna LeBeau. Brianna LeBeau. My, my new mother, my new mother inspiration, <laughs> which is so <laughs> weird to think about because she was three year. No, she was a sophomore when I was a senior. So she was like my little baby sister. That wasn't very baby. She was, she was very tall and big, but um uh, man, Brianna's another one of my best friends. And what's, I think what's really cool about Brie is just seeing her, her growth on and off the field. And like I said, like she's, she just became a new mom in October. Um, she actually had to miss my wedding. because <laughs> She gave birth like a week before my oh. wedding. Um, and she also lives in Germany right now. So that makes it a little, oh, yeah, that'd make it tough. 
So you know, with I a pandemic wait. going on and everything. <laughs> yeah, and she's just a few obstacles. Yeah, but um, she just seeing her growth as a person and just like those people that you play sport like on a softball team with and then for them to like just be in your corner and support you and love you through like all seasons of your life afterwards that's like that's been brief for me so that's been pretty cool awesome awesome well Paige this has been awesome I'm so happy we uh we got to connect and uh and do this episode together It's, it's really been awesome yeah, this has been really fun. I'm like, feel like I've gotten to go down memory lane and it's like su- even more fun because I get to go watch them play tomorrow. That's right. That's so, right. Awesome. Like very, very special, special yeah. time. Yep. In my for life. sure. For sure. Now. Okay. I got to wish you and your husband all the best and uh, the birth of uh, your boy or girl. And <laughs> I, 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 I really, I can't wait to, to see pictures. So uh, we're definitely going to have to keep yeah. in touch. Definitely. All right. Thanks. Take care, Paige. Thank you so much. Taking time off from the act and I gotta relax. I need a new beat. Yo, for stroll, I got a few treats. You been up in the city long? Nah. Only two weeks. Cool. Well, sorry about the weather. It's been raining all week. I hope it gets a little better. Either way, class, listen. I got an ill vision by the song I'm working on. You think you got the right rhythm? Man, come on. You know I got some shit that'll break your neck. I used up what I want, but you can take what's left. Don't give me bullshit, dog. You know I blaze the set. You know you got something safe for West. I got an ill concept. Hip hop. I will pay the real long distance. What? 1987. I've been rapping in the ciphers in the sessions, and I'm still be getting stressed on the block. You know it's hard to be hip hop, and ain't nobody staying real. But don't pay bills when you showcase skill. Ain't nobody living off of doing windmills or painting train rails. That's real. It's hard to be hip hop. Cause I don't pack steel, then my tracks appeal Until the mass appeal, watch a fast say fail Yeah, I'm hip-hop son, until my casket sealed It's hard in the culture when the fans are fickle to Understand my issue, yo man will diss you One minute you're whack and then your jam's yeah. official And then they switch again, your bottles of cancer hit you First they loved LL, and then they hated them And then they loved them again, and they degraded them So lately, basically, I don't know if I can play to win Survival of the fittest, let me see what type of shape yo, I'm in Yo, when I was younger, like 19 I could spend all day writing rhyme schemes Spitting freestyle and cypher in the streets But now I got responsibilities Yo, it's hard to be hip hop. Are you downsizing? Maybe need more room because of additions to the family, or possibly seeking that dream home you've always wanted? Well, Tim Eisner at Royal LePage Atlantic is the guy for you. With a proven track record and multiple awards, Tim goes above and beyond to find out your needs and exactly what you're looking for. So if you're seeking a new home or trying to sell your current one, contact Tim at 902-499-5717 or check him out on Facebook at Tim Eisner. Again, that's 902-499-5717. Trust me, when all is said and done, we'll be saying Tim Eisner strikes again.